Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. Today, we are recording an episode all about dating and relationships with human design. So this is a topic that a lot of you guys have asked us questions about personally, and um, we haven't really shared anything about it yet. So we're super excited to, d- to dive into this topic. It's just kind of like a fun, light topic, and also really interesting and supportive. Um, And as we're recording today, you know, we're still in the midst of this COVID-19 and being in quarantine and um, we we are still doing readings and we're being able to work online and still able to connect with you guys. So we feel really grateful and, you know, we're doing our part to stay personally grounded and centered in this crazy time and finding time to be grateful for things and finding time to check in with nature, even while we are social distancing and being really responsible about this whole thing. But it's, it's been so beautiful now that it's spring and I live here in the desert in Southern California. And, um, the spring is really awakening and you can feel it in nature and like all of the flowers blooming and, Um, things starting to bud. It's been really beautiful here. Yeah. I'm grateful that the weather took a turn during all of this, just Mm -hmm. because I think I needed that little bit of change Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the day. Um, Yeah. This it's such a weird, bizarre time. I know we talked about this on the last podcast, but um, really just, we're wanting to encourage you guys to feel all the things that you're feeling and um, know that they're valid. And we have our, our ups and downs too, and kind of just holding space for both, like Mm -hmm. being happy and grateful while also being anxious and freaked out and knowing that both are valid and both are okay. And that there's space to feel both during this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's been one of the biggest things that we really feel is just the polarity that's happening right now on a collective scale. And then in our own personal lives, like for me, for example, um, really the polarity that I've been feeling was before this COVID-19, I had so much forward motion in my life, so excited to really build things and to really put myself out there and take inspired action and to feel really in control and empowered in my life and really make things happen. And then this time happens where it's just this absolute pause and going back into that surrender. And how can you have hope and um, dedication and devotion in your heart, and at the same time, be 100% surrendered to the flow of life and totally releasing control while still holding that hope, holding that vibration in your heart. And so if you can really get comfortable with those polarities, it makes it a lot easier to hold space for both. Yeah. Polarity has been a theme this week, Mm -hmm. Um, especially just having that awareness of 
how different things are, how things are changing, how it's, how it feels so crazy. And like every day, there's so many things that change in our, you know, environment and our government and the collective. Um, but then having this very stark contrast of that actually right in front of you right now, it's not crazy. You're home, mm-hmm. at, you know, by yourself or with your family, it's slow. It's a pause. It's time to stop all the mm-hmm. crazy. So there's, there is this, um, this polarity in mm-hmm. our collective right now. That's very, very intense. And I, for me, it's been calling up the polarity in my own inner world all mm-hmm. the time as well. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that, sorry, I just want to say that also in our collective, you know, with all of our workers that are working in essential businesses, whether they're on the front lines in the hospitals or at this, the UPS store, um, anywhere at the grocery store, their polarity is the, how crazy and busy and how intense it is to be working right now while, and, and then also feel that stillness collectively of everyone else at home. Right. And when they leave their place of work and they drive home, the streets are empty. Mm-hmm. There really is this just kind of like, whoa, this, mm-hmm. um, this stark contrast between your mm-hmm. experience and between the collective, yeah. um, regardless if you're working or if you're at home and you're self-quarantining. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really interesting, but it's been calling forth for me. I just have had so many, I guess with my grief and everything, I've had so many realizations, um, or just kind of even acceptances. That's not a word, but you know, acceptances <laughs> of, <laughs> of, um, of having moments where I just feel so sad. And so like, I just want to cry and just, um, just feel like overcome with grief while at the exact same time feeling so incredibly grateful for my home and for my, you know, for Brian and for, um, family and for my friends and for this time to have pause and feeling that at the exact same time, I didn't think was something that I had the capacity for Mm -hmm. that, you know, you kind of have to choose Mm -hmm. either you're happy right now, or you're sad right now, or you're excited right now, or you're not. And really realizing the, the, um, depth that, um, that I have and the space that I have within me to feel both intense grief and intense happiness Mm -hmm. um, and gratitude at the exact same time. And I just, I I think it's kind of calling us to all realize um, how, how um, big we are inside, you know, how not like big and like bold and crazy impactful all the time, which we are, but how big we are inside to be able to house this polarity and how's this difference, this yin and yang in our emotions, in our, um, in our minds, in our souls, in our cells to really feel both things at the same time. Yeah. There's been a, um, a hummingbird outside of my house. Um, and it's building this, it's nest. And every single day I've been watching it go from one tree picking out spider webs because you know they use spider webs to make their nest they harvest spider webs and then they wrap it in there so I've been watching it come to this tree and pick apart and do all of this work and it's just like 
I feel its energy so much. It's so excited to be building its nest and it's working so hard. And then I watch it fly to the other tree where it's building its nest and fly back and collect more material. And for me, hummingbirds are such a spirit messenger. And so watching this hummingbird thrive in the spring and like just being so happy and like building its life and being so busy and then me being so not busy and really calm and just like on this pause and and holding the polarity of that, that beauty of nature, the fact that nature is continuing to thrive and humanity has all of this anxiety about doom and gloom and like what's going to not work out. And just like having that polarity in me, that's really been the thing that has made me feel so grateful for being able to house the polarity. Like you were saying, like mm. having the divine within us and having the human within us and having both of those things at the same time be equally mm-hmm. true, equally as important. Um, and we are such multidimensional beings. We are capable of holding all of humanity's collective energy and also emptying all of that out and holding yeah. just our own. And like the more you can be grateful for that and really just observe this time, um, the more this really does feel like such a fruitful time for learning and growing and evolving and Mm -hmm. witnessing something that maybe has never happened in our lifetimes before. Mm -hmm. And I do want to add that there's polarity also in um, what you can do during this time, right? You can have days where you are working on yourself and you are giving gratitude and you are feeling high vibe and you are fine tuning your awareness on your gifts and what you're here to offer the world. And then you can have days where you just binge watch Tiger King and you just like <laughs> seriously devour some shit. Did you watch um, it? Did you watch No, Tiger I haven't King? finished. Oh. I haven't finished. I haven't finished. I watched I've it. Only, I've only watched like three episodes, but each episode <laughs> feels like it's two hours long. I know um, it is. Anyways. So yeah. So there's no shame in both is what I'm saying that you can work on yourself and even working on yourself can just be having awareness of how you're feeling, honestly, mm-hmm. because in the rat race of normal life, like what it was before all of this slowed down, mm-hmm. there's no time for a lot of people to even have awareness of how they're actually feeling. Mm-hmm. So, um, you can do that and you can also say, okay, I'm taking a break from that. And I'm going to like watch a murder documentary and just kind (laughs) of eat some Twix candy bars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about our topic of this episode of dating and relationships with human design. So this is something like we said in the beginning that a lot of people ask us questions about, Um, And it's really interesting because in human design, the most important thing when it comes to dating and relationships in general is truly having awareness of yourself. So, so many people want to know about their partner, what kind of matches can their partner be for them? And we will talk about a lot of those questions that pop up for people, but it's really interesting because the place that it really starts, the place that human design can help you in your relationships, in finding a partner, in um, navigating a partnership is having awareness of yourself first, always. So Mm -hmm. um, really knowing who you are, knowing how you work. And then second, no matter who your partner is, really loving them and having awareness of how they truly function. Mm -hmm. And this is where um, with relationships, especially 
it's so important that you are actually practicing and doing the things that you're learning, right? Having all of this information about your, how you work and, um, how your energy works and all your gifts is cool, but it means nothing if you're not actually applying it and you're not actually, um, uh, focusing and holding that awareness daily and leaning into these gifts that you have or actively using your strategy and authority every single day and communicating your needs to other people and communicating how you work to other people. So, um, this is where it really comes down to saying, okay, yes, it's awesome. Knowing your partner's, um, design. That's amazing. But first you need to really get a grasp on your design that has to come first. Otherwise you're going to, um, just be all talk and no walk. And you're not going to be having, um, relationships and experiences that you truly, enjoy and that are truly right for you and truly thrive together because you have to do that work on yourself. And then you can focus on holding space and understanding and having awareness of your partner as well. Mm -hmm. So let's in the beginning here, talk about some dating myths that we have heard people ask us about, like, is this true um, with human design? So one of them, a dating myth is that it's better to date your same energy type. So I even was like Googling dating human design stuff so that I could see what (laughs) stuff is out there that people are hearing. And I literally found a website that can match, like is a matchmaking website that matches people with their same human design energy type and says that like, that's the best match. And that is not true. There is no best match for any energy type. All of the energy types can work amazing together. And really, in fact, everyone in the world is designed to be different. No one is the same. So even if someone is your same energy type, they can be so different than you. And so um, it really is not about having someone be the same energy type. It's more about understanding your design, like we just said, and then understanding the other person's design. Yeah. So no matter who they are, if you love them, it can work as long as you have awareness of yourself and of them. Mm -hmm. Um, doesn't matter if you're a manifester and they're a projector, or, um, if you're both generators, it literally doesn't matter. It just matters that a, you love them and B you have, you know, how you work and you entered into the relationship correctly, Mm -hmm. um, using your strategy and authority, which we're going to get into in a bit. So, um, One of the other myths that is out there is that certain profiles work better together. And, um, and of course there are more harmonious lines in the profiles that do, you know, kind of work in harmony together, but you can learn from all of the differences that you have between each other. There aren't, it's not like, Oh, if you have this profile, then you should date this profile. Um, Again, it's really just about, do you love them? Did you use your strategy and authority to, to start the relationship? And have you held, held awareness for yourself and for them? Because you can be completely different profiles and just know that you're different and mm-hmm. hold the space for that. And it, it'll work out great. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the next dating myth is that you shouldn't mix energy types and non-energy types together in a relationship. Um, once again, not true. If you guys are connected and if you guys understand each other and bring awareness, it can be amazing to be with a non-energy type when you're an energy type because you're feeding each other in different ways. And it can be mm-hmm. amazing to be two non-energy types together in a relationship or two energy types together in a relationship. So that really um, isn't defining in any way. The next one is that manifestors have a hard time in relationships or that they don't naturally want relationships. Um, And that is simply not true. So manifestors are designed to really be independent and to live with a lot of freedom and to be able to control um, what they do and when they do and when they do it. And um, that, of course, can work in a relationship if they are aware of their design and if their partner is respectful of how they work and if they are informing. So um, with a manifester, I mean, they're literally the same as any other human that they feel um, really, you know, whole when they love themselves. And of course, they they love being connected with others. And it's really just about each person being a unique individual and letting that love find them and then using this human design to bring awareness to that. Mm-hmm. Another myth that I hear all the time is that um, emotional and non-emotionals should not be together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not true. Um, I mean, you can have whatever, like Brian and I, we both ha- are non-emotionals and that works great. You and Jared, you're emotional and he's non-emotional and that mm-hmm. works great. It's all about just having the awareness of who's amplifying what, um, and holding space for their emotions and not labeling why they might be feeling something or attaching an identity to it. Um, but instead just having that awareness and that acceptance and that love towards those emotional waves. Mm-hmm. And then the last myth that we want to talk about is that people say like, if your partner doesn't know human design, then you have to make sure they know it in order to have this awareness for each other. And so that is actually not true. The, if you have awareness of your design, that is always number one. And you just having that helps other people understand you and respect you because it's an energetic setup that they feel that you know who you are. And so they can honor who you are as well. And then when it comes to supporting another person, if you know someone's design, you can hold space for who they are and for how they operate without telling them what to do, without telling them, hey, this is your human design. Um, You can literally hold space for someone just on your own energetically, and it can really support them and it can really help them and it can help them understand themselves. And you never even have to say like a physical word about it. Of course, if your partner is interested in human design or if they are open to it, it's obviously, you know, in the future for everyone to know their human design, we're hoping, and to be able to share with someone um, in the relationship to have that conversation. Like, this is my emotional wave. This is your non-emotional. And to be able to have that open conversation in a two-sided way, but it's not necessary. Really, um, if you're the only person in your life that is into human design, you can still hold space for everyone in your family, for all of your partnerships. It will benefit you and it will benefit them just from your singular awareness and then that awareness echoing out energetically. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that. <laughs> so now we want to talk about conscious relationships um, because that is the main, the main 
essence of how a good relationship works. When you Mm -hmm. enter into a relationship, you want to be really conscious. You want to be aware of their needs and of your needs and to hold space for both of those things. Mm -hmm. So when you know, you're in a relationship, you obviously don't need human design to act from a point of awareness or consciousness. Like you can really soul search and find, um, whatever really works for you, but we love like being able to use human design to really bring this awareness. And then in an ideal relationship, um, of course, when something arises between you and your partner, um, with human designs help and your awareness, you can say like that you're not blaming your partner or shaming them for the way that they do something or what they've done. But instead you can really use human design to respect their true nature. And if you have differences to not say, okay, we have to be the same. We have to be homogenized. We have to make choices the same. If I make a decision this way, then you have to make a decision the same way, but really holding space for that difference. Um, And that's for any type of conscious relationship or any type of conscious partnership. But of course, human design can really help you with those big things like, um, how do you need time to make decisions or do I need time to make decisions or do we make decisions in the moment and holding space for the way that you're different in that way. Um, the other aspect of conscious relationship is really taking responsibility for yourself living as your true self. So if you are living from a place of conditioning and you're not taking responsibility to sort through that and to decondition, um, then there's really is no chance for your partner to really know the real you if you don't know the real you. So when something's bothering you in your relationship, always check in with yourself first and ask yourself, is this coming from my conditioning? Is this problem coming from my wounds or from my not self or from my pain body? And am I projecting it out on them? But this is something that I can heal within myself. Mm -hmm. And that's a big one. That one takes a lot of awareness and it takes, um, actually doing the work. So it's great to like talk and say like, yeah, get to know yourself first. And then, you know, then you'll love yourself first and then you can love someone else. Like those are like such cliches to say, but Mm -hmm. it's so, so important. Like Dana said that you, if you don't, have awareness, if you are acting from a place of conditioning or from pain, Mm -hmm. um, then there's no way for your partner to know if it's reliable, if this is a reliable thing that you do, or if this is actually something that's bothering you or, um, anything, there's no truth in it because you haven't gotten down to the truth. Mm -hmm. And these things that I'm talking about really are for if you're already in a relationship, but when it comes to attracting a relationship, um, if you're in a place in your life where you're ready to start attracting a partner that is really your equal, um, it's so important for you to hold that energetic space of really like raising your vibration and saying, okay, I've done the self-work. I've deconditioned. I know who I am. I'm taking responsibility for living in authenticity. And from that place, you'll really be able to attract a partner that is in the same place, even if they don't know human design. 
Um, but if you're already mm-hmm. in a relationship, like there's literally no better day than today to start checking in with yourself and saying, okay, like if I'm having issues with someone else, it's largely because I'm having issues with myself and from an internal place. And so mm-hmm. when you're in these like relationships, another place that you can really look is taking responsibility for, um, living the highest vibration of all of your gifts, of all of your qualities. Um, so for example, if you have a, you know, gates coming off of your spleen, are you living in the fear side of those gates or have you transcended that? And you're really living in the intuitive trust power source side of those gates. Or if you have, um, the emotional wave of desires, which I have, have you really worked on releasing expectations with your partner and really just accepting whatever comes instead of having those expectations so that you're not in the low crash of your wave all the time. Um, and that's a choice that you make, you know, you choosing to be in that highest expression, um, it really makes everything else in your life so much more peaceful and so much more easy. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. other one too, there is, um, if you have the gate of sexuality or the channel of mating, to really take it upon yourself when you enter into relationships to make sure that you spend enough time really getting to know each other and being friends before you jump into intimacy. Because if you have that gate of sexuality, then people around you are constantly feeling very close to you right away. And they're wanting to jump into a partnership, whether that is a relationship or a like business partnership. And so it really is up to you to embody that highest expression and to have awareness of how this gate works and to say, I choose to embody the highest expression, which is giving myself time and not jumping in before I'm sure and letting the kind of negative or fear vibration of this gate really get the best of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And another really important thing to do, whether you are in a relationship or seeking a relationship is to take responsibility to be happy and fulfilled on your own. So Mm -hmm. you can do that while you're in a relationship. Um, really making that time to make sure that you're happy and fulfilled on your own without needing them to come and make you happy. Um, And then again, when you're single or seeking one, it's so, so important because you attract energetically what you are, how you are treating yourself, how you um, are living your life, whether your, your circumstances, if you're constantly bettering yourself, if you're constantly, um, um, having, holding awareness and being happy and grateful and seeking success and living your Dharma and living out your gifts. Um, if you were doing those things, you will attract somebody who's also doing those things energetically, whether they're into human design or not. Um, but if you're not doing those things and you're just talking about those things, then you are going to be attracting people that aren't doing those things and that are actually going to be showing up for you on the things that you actually are focusing on, whether that's saying, I just want somebody to be physical with, um, or I'm missing that physical touch. It's okay. You're going to attract somebody that's going to physically touch you, but maybe not somebody who's going to love and nurture you for years and years and years. Um, and be that person that uplifts you. So you have to be that person that is uplifting yourself. You Mm -hmm. also have to be that person that is energetically ready to uplift other people Mm -hmm. because the person that you're seeking that is going to uplift and support you is also seeking 
somebody that's going to uplift and support them. So if you're not in a place that you're actually able to do that for someone else, you're not going to attract that person because you're not ready. You're not, it's not time. Mm -hmm. Um, so it really is so, so important to take that responsibility to be happy and fulfilled on your own and to use your inherent gifts that Mm -hmm. you have and start living out your life purpose, your Dharma. Mm -hmm. Um, and human design can support you obviously with that showing you your cross of incarnation and all of the gifts that you have that you're here to give out in the world. But the Mm -hmm. way that you can do that from like today is by honestly using your strategy and authority, Mm -hmm. really checking in, really feeling your body, really honoring what it's telling you right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and doing that on a daily basis, on a moment to moment basis, it sounds hard, but it's not once you start doing it, it just becomes part of your energy and your life. Mm -hmm. And then you are going to attract somebody who is also doing that, whether they have human design or not, who's really present, who's really checked in, who's happy, who's fulfilled, who's supporting themselves, who wants to support other people, because that's where you will be as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so crazy with relationships because while human design is the science of differentiation and it's really helping you understand yourself as an individual, um, life is also such a, uh, collective reflection. So the people that show up in your life are a reflection of yourself, the relationships that you have and the current energy between you and your friends or you and your partner, or you and your husband or wife, that's a reflection of your inner world as well. So really what you do have control over is yourself and your internal awareness. Um, you don't have control over other people and what they do, but you do have control of your inner world and your awareness. And then that of course reflects and reflects out and helps change other people and attracts the right people and, um, encourages people. And so you always do have that power to go within And that's kind of one of the only true power sources that we have in our lifetime that we can change at any given moment is our awareness and is like stepping up to really find the happiness that is already within ourselves instead of looking for happiness in an external place. And so with my own personal journey, I think it's really interesting, Shana, both you and I like have always been in relationships and, um, like I've been married, I'm only 29, but I've already been with Jared for eight years, which is crazy. It doesn't seem like that long. And we've been married for almost five years now. And in my own journey with him as a husband, um, like we've been all over the place. We've grown and we've changed and we've evolved and we've shifted. And there had been times in the beginning where it was so easy And we just both were just high vibe, like living our life, following what felt right to us, having so much fun. And then things shifted in our lives and we became really um, kind of stuck with our conditioning and really listening to our conditioning, forgetting how to to just follow what we wanted because we were using our minds to make decisions and factoring in fear and making choices out of fear. And um, when you do that, on a personal level, internally, you see it reflected in your, in your relationship, you know, your Mm -hmm. relationship starts to feel harder, starts to feel like more resistance. And you're like, why is this more difficult than before? And it's because you're not living in alignment on a personal level. You're not Mm -hmm. trusting yourself. You're not being yourself. You're not following yourself. You're submitting, um, being submissive to the conditioning and really like giving into that. So it's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Like 
in my own relationship, I, I realized at a certain point that I had to start making myself happy and that I could not like look to my husband to keep me entertained or keep me fulfilled. And, um, that I had to step up to really using all of my gifts, all of my channels, all of my gates, living Mm -hmm. my life purpose. And that really transformed my life so much of really feeling like it didn't matter to me what anyone else was doing. Cause I knew that I was living in alignment. I knew that I was stepping up to my true purpose and mm-hmm. that is what I had control over. Um, really being brave, really listening to myself, really just going for it and not keeping this, these like external voices in my head from society. And of course, when mm-hmm. I did that, that's when my relationship just thrived and blossomed and things became so easy and it became so easy for Jared to um, follow suit and to do the same thing as me. And it, it really is so much with human design about breaking that cycle of fear of homogenization of making choices, um, out of our mind and to really trusting mm-hmm. yourself and then having that be a reflection in your relationships. Mm-hmm. And also just being, um, aware, having this, mm-hmm. uh, this awareness, right. Human design has been such a huge help in, in our relationships in general, um, just by having this awareness of ourselves. And, and it is a thing where you can have fear of that. If you change and grow and like live your life purpose and all the stuff that you said, um, that it's going to change your relationship and that you're going to leave your partner behind. Um, or you're going to become so different that it, maybe the relationship won't work. And really what I have experienced and witnessed is that the majority of time when you rise, other people rise. And when you talk about what genuinely is exciting for you or talk about your needs, like I am a projector and I actually need to work less and saying that to your partner, um, if it's a correct relationship for you, they will be supportive and it will trickle in energetically, like you said, where it's shifting their how they have awareness of themselves and how they have awareness of you and how they support you and you support them. And you have this symbiotic growth together. Um, so it's, it is fascinating to kind of look back and see that transformation. And I find myself in my relationships, um, constantly checking in with myself of it. Like if, if I do get upset or, um, something, I don't know, happens. It's been interesting during this time with this grief with my father and -hmm. just having navigating these new waters, um, in a relationship and it's made Brian and I so much closer, Mm -hmm. but, um, a lot of it has been really checking in and saying, okay, did I get upset because that was something you did? Or did I get upset because that was something within me that I'm working on and that I'm checking in on and really just, um, owning that and and communicating that and saying it out loud of just, you know, I'm, I feel like I don't want to talk about it, but I, um, I know that's coming from me. It has nothing to do with you really just kind of, um, being radically honest with yourself Mm -hmm. and with your partner and holding space for both of the polarities that you might be feeling or experiencing at any given time. So, yeah, I think, I don't know. It's, it's really, really interesting, Mm -hmm. but constantly checking in 
mm-hmm. yourself, I think is so important. Yeah. And taking radical responsibility for for yourself and for being your highest potential. Like, especially mm-hmm. as projectors, we're so uh focused on how we can help other people be better. And really the best thing that we can do to be a better person is to focus on ourselves. Like what can we do to make mm-hmm. ourselves more in alignment, to, to trust ourselves more, to step up and um, really own our gifts and to not mm-hmm. be afraid of shining. And, um, how... and that's true for all the types. Right, right. Like yeah. really being confident in your gifts, in your abilities, what you're here to do, how you work, how you process, how you make decisions, like owning that when you own that, like I make decisions in the moment. I trust myself as a generator, um, that confidence, if you're single radiates out and you attract your partner really quickly. Cause you are confident in your energy and how you work and you're honoring yourself, um, So let's get into, um, I guess the types of connection Mm -hmm. and, um, the types of like chart comparisons, if you will, that there are in all of the different designs. Mm -hmm. So the first one that you have, so when you are physically around someone else, as you guys know, your definition, um, conditions someone else where they are undefined. So any channel that you have defined, if they have that channel undefined, then you condition them and they are experiencing your definition in that channel or any um, center that I have defined when I'm around Shana, she experiences my definition and her openness and vice versa. So we are constantly conditioning the people we are around. And when we are in physical proximity with someone, both humans are changed and they meet in the middle and their two designs become one design together. So in that way, human design is really fascinating because you can see who you are as an individual and who two people are as a couple and what their energy looks like when it's together. So with those different ways that your charts can connect, um, there is a different feeling that you both feel with those certain different types of connections. So one type of connection that people can have is a companion connection. And that is when your definition is very similar. If you have the same channel as your partner, or if you have all of the same um, centers defined, or if you even are the same profile, you feel this feeling, both of you, that it's just easy to be around each other. You just get each other. You get the way it works. And it, that can be a really sweet feeling. Like you feel like, wow, this person just gets me and we have so much in common and um, it's easy to be together and we can talk about how we're the same. And so that's a certain type of connection that people can have. Um, versus a different type of connection is um, when someone has an entire channel and when you're around them, you don't have that channel, but they it compromises you. So you are completely feeling their design because you were completely open where they were completely defined. So that's a very different um, feeling when they override your design and you feel like a completely different person in certain ways when you're around them. So feeling the same as someone or feeling different than someone, neither one of those is better or worse. It's just different. And you can learn from both and they can both be 
interesting and fun. And it really doesn't matter if you love that person um, and you love being around them, you can learn whatever there is to learn from their design and your design and the way they come together. But the last um, type of connection I feel like is the most popular type that people hear about and are really looking for. And that is when one of your gates and one of their gates come together to form a channel. So when that happens, you experience both of you, this electromagnetic spark, this, um, connection. So you guys are opposites, you know, like opposite ends of a magnet that come together and that opposition really is experienced as attraction. And so this opposites attract kind of relationship is really the one that I feel like people talk about the most when it comes to finding a partner. Um, and it is interesting when you have that because you feel that connection, you feel that spark, you feel that chemistry, um, but you are opposite from each other. So this is a relationship where you are really different and you'll learn from each other and, um, really grow from being together. So we hear a lot that that's like the one type of connection you're looking for, for a romantic partner. And that's not really true. It's an interesting thing that can happen. It definitely is, is cool and, and really worth looking into. And it can feel like that electromagnetic spark. Um, but it's not the only thing that you're really looking for. What you're looking for is your soul and their soul being in love and feeling connected and just using your authority, using that internal feeling of like, I want this person. I love this person, whatever your design is feeling like this is the person for you. And then you can go into your human design and say, okay, what type of connection is this? Where are we the same? Where are we different? And all of that stuff can bring awareness, but you don't need any of that stuff to find the person that is right for you. The way that you Mm -hmm. find the person that's right for you is just by feeling it, feeling your your sense of inner knowing with that person and then going to this and using this just as external validation to help you build your awareness. Yes. And I do want to say that you can have a combination um, of these things. You can have the majority of your connection is a companion connection, but you do have some opposites attracts in your channels and um, in your gates connecting. So you can have a mixture of feeling really um, close and friendship like similar, but then some little areas that feel really sparky and, um, and connective and exciting fireworky feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can also have, you know, that super opposites attract, but then have some areas in your life where it's actually better for you to compromise to what they want to do because that's healthy and it's natural. And, um, your friends might say like, you always do what your partner wants to do with A, B, C, and D. And that's conditioning saying that that's bad, but actually it's energetically correct for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just having the awareness is really, really helpful, especially when it comes to the compromising, um, type of connections, but, uh, you can, you can have this awareness just in using your strategy and authority and being very, um, conscious in your relationship and holding that space for each other and checking in with yourself. If it is something that you're having issues with personally, or if it's something that, um, that they need to work on or whatever. So just knowing that, yes, this information is super fascinating and cool, but you can also get this wisdom just by being conscious in your relationship. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, when it comes to you having a defined center and them having an open center, and then when you're together, 
the other person is conditioning. Obviously, the really important places to look for that would be like if you're emotional and they're not emotional, just having awareness of, okay, my partner's having an emotional wave and I understand which wave it is and I accept that wave and I don't judge them for having it because I understand that this is a beautiful part of their design and that it's exactly who they're meant to be. So, so much of relationships where it kind of can go wrong is when you're trying to change your partner. You're trying to make them be like you. You're trying to make them be like something else that they're not. And so really Mm -hmm. all this is, is coming back to that basic um, of just respecting people as individuals and respecting their differentiation. And another really important center to look at is if you have an undefined G center. So this is like a whole kind of side thing with human design. (laughs) If you have an undefined G center, human design teaches that it is best for you to not go looking for a partner, to not actively seek out a partner or try to find a partner on your own, but to instead really surrender that seeking um, and just allow life to bring you the partner that's right for you. So allowing your friends to invite you to a new place or to invite you to a party. And then maybe at that party, you meet that person or allowing your mom to set you up on a date because she met this boy that she thinks is great for you. (laughs) Um, You know, really just knowing that if you have an undefined G that you don't, it's not your job to find a partner that you don't need to actively seek, um, but to just really allow life to bring them to you. Mm -hmm. And It's interesting. I have, Brian and I have more of a companion relationship Mm -hmm. connection, um, but we do have some channels that, um, or gates that connect and create that spark. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so true finding that out. I, I relate to that so much, Brian and I being the same, but then finding our differences and saying, Oh, okay. He doesn't need to constantly be talking about the universe and the stars and all of the like deep shit that I want to talk about all the time. I mm-hmm. used to think that I had to find that in a relationship because that's what conditioning told you is um, needed. But then with human design, really discovering like, okay, we have this like companion connected um, close relationship with these little sparks of things here and there. And I have other people in my life that I can lay on a rooftop with and talk about the stars and the Mm. galaxies and stuff. I can still do that with Brian, but I don't have to. Mm. And so, um, really just being able to hold space. And I think that you and Jared have more of a opposite attract. Well, we had and and compromising compromising. all of his channels override all of mine and like his whole design overrides my whole design. And his whole um, cross of incarnation is about being an individual and answering to no one and just doing whatever the fuck he wants in this lifetime. And (laughs) when I found that out, I was like, oh, yep, that, yep, that's true. (laughs) And um, coming to terms with that and being able to accept that has really been the thing that has set us free. And it's really interesting because I feel like in my life, since I have emotional authority, um, I'm used to really conditioning other people. And I felt that before human design, that like I'm able to condition others. Um, And I still do condition his undefined solar plexus, but everything else in his chart, he is conditioning me. And Mm -hmm. um, that's been a really interesting 
relationship in my life. And since we are so opposites, um, we are constantly learning from each other. And he has been one of the people in my life that has taught me the most about myself and that has helped me grow the most and evolve the most and go the deepest within myself because he brings up all of these things within myself that people who are similar to me have never brought up before. You know, I've always been like such a largely confident person and actually Mm -hmm. like meeting him. He's the first person, like not because of him or anything he said or did, but just because of his energy, it really made me question things and go like a little bit deeper within myself. And so I feel like, you know, from a soul connection and from a higher plane, the reason that I chose him as my husband and as my soulmate is really because I want to evolve and I want to grow and I want to really be challenged and I want to really find wisdom in this lifetime. So I chose a partner that was really um, someone that I can learn from and is someone that's going to bring out all of the learning experiences possible for me so that I can have that wisdom. And it's really is a gift, but human design has been so helpful because, you know, me being a projector and him being a man, Jen, our energies couldn't be more opposite you know, like me sleeping mm-hmm. all the time and just being like, I'm tired. <laughs> and him being like, let's go on a 25 mile mountain bike ride. And I'm just like, oh, okay. But I do love it because he brings freshness to my life. He brings energy to my life. He energizes me in a way that is so fun and fulfilling for me. And really like is something that I find satisfying, even though he is so different than me. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it because the people here compromising and they think, Oh, so you're just here to get railroaded in your relationship and Mm -hmm. that's conditioning. No, that's not what it means. It means that, um, you are here to have understanding and do what feels good in your relationship. And there is a lot of power in your awareness and in, um, in your essence in a relationship like your energy, like your energy is never railroaded. It's, um, it's supportive and it's, um, connected. Like that's the, the word I think Mm -hmm. best Mm -hmm. describes it. Like being so connected and supported Mm -hmm. and supportive in your relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. So let's get into, we wanted to talk with you guys a little bit about the different energy types. Um, because really the most important thing for your relationship is not the other person and what their design is. It is the fact that you entered into that relationship correctly for you. So obviously that goes with your strategy, um, which is by type. And then of course your authority as well. So, um, for manifestors entering into a relationship correctly for you really looks like you initiating that relationship. So whether you are male or female, if you're a manifester, it's correct for you energetically to make the first move, to be the person that says, okay, I'm interested in you. I'm going over and introducing myself, or I'm asking you out on a date. And of course our conditioning really goes against that, especially for women we're taught that like, if you're a woman, you have to let men come to you. And, um, if you're a manifester, your energy type, you being the person that initiates that's right for you. And it's always going to be received well because it's energetically correct for you. So it's not going to be repelling to a guy. If you're a woman and you're a manifester and you go up and initiate him, he's actually really going to love it because he'll 
feel that it's authentic for you. He'll feel that it's right. And you don't have to, um, feel guilty or weird or, um, feel like that's like masculine because for you, it's energetically correct for you. And you're, you are different than a projector or you're different than whatever conditioning tells you that a woman has to be. It's so much more about being an individual with your unique energy. Mm. I love, love, love that. And I do want to say that, um, in a relationship as a manifester, peace looks like informing and looks like politeness and looks like you telling people how you feel, um, Mm. authentically. So even if you're single and you go up to somebody at a bar and you can say, um, you want to buy the next round or do you want to ask, do you want to get my number? Doesn't have to be like, do you want to go on a date with me where you're initiating? You can just say like, I feel like I'd love for you to get my number. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're informing how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And the same thing in a relationship um, saying all the time, what you're feeling and wanting to do and thinking, informing, informing, informing is the best way to support your relationship if you feel any resistance or any um, issues popping up to just know that you can always remedy it by talking it out, by um, telling them how you're feeling, even if it's something as real as I don't feel like informing right now, I'm just not in the mood to talk. Mm-hmm. That's informing. Yeah. <laughs> so just kind of having that radical honesty in your relationship is so important. And as a manifester, you know, you're always told, you're here to do what you want when you want. And you can want to help people. You can want to support your partner. You can want to go pick up all the groceries and get the kids. Um, so just even saying out loud, like, I really want to be support, support you today. What can I do to help is informing and, um, allowing you to create that ease and flow and connection effortlessly in your relationships. That way you have a peaceful, supportive relationship. Mm-hmm. And I just want to give a shout out to man gens. If you have a lot of manifesting energy as a manifesting generator, informing like this in a relationship can also be really, really beneficial for you. Um, just letting your partner know, Hey, I'm going to the store. I'll be back in five minutes. You might think like that's the most pointless, um, useless thing to say, but actually it creates so much peace and harmony and, um, ease in your relationship for you to just mm-hmm. let the other person in because you're moving so quickly from thing to thing. Um, just being able to inform someone and really being polite and thinking of how, what you're going to do is going to impact the other person. Um, and also if you are a manifester, it's really helpful for you in a relationship to have that mutual informing, to have your partner, um, telling you, Hey, I'm going to the store for five minutes. I'll be right back. Let text me if you want anything that's informing. Um, and it just really makes things so much more smoother, really thinking about how does the other person feeling and how are they going to be impacted by the small things that I do moment to moment. And, Mm -hmm. um, as a manifester, if you are really wanting to be in alignment to really attract a partnership, um, or attract anything, honestly, as a manifester, really the feeling that you're really working on and looking for to be that most abundant and attractive self, highest self is to really focus on self-validation and to be brave and to be confident 
in the fact that you're here to initiate, you're here to put yourself out there. You're here to, um, be the first one that speaks up. And of course that can feel really uncomfortable actually for a manifester because you just want to be in peace. You just want to like do your own thing and you're putting yourself out there when you say something or when you make a decision or when you, when you inform someone and the more you can step up to that and just say like, yep, I'm doing what I want to do. I'm telling you about it. I'm not asking your opinion. I love you and I want you to know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm doing it. And just being really brave, being really sure of yourself, really knowing that you're here to do what you want and that that's that for the highest good of everyone, as long as you inform um, that self-validation, that confidence is the most attractive, highest expression of a manifestor's energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, entering into a relationship must be correct. Um, that's like one of the biggest problems um, that a lot of people have in their relationships is when they don't use their strategy and authority. So manifestors informing, but then also and initiating, but then also using your authority, whatever that is, and making sure that um, it's correct for you before you really commit to a relationship. Mm-hmm. So next with generators and manifesting generators, um, for you, the biggest thing entering into a relationship correctly is, um, really entering, entering in that relationship with that true sacral response. So for generators, this is so important. If you enter into a relationship because you feel bad for someone or because you feel like they, they have the the things on your checklist and that you should be into them, but you're actually really not. And you enter into it anyways, that can really be devastating for your energy. And, um, they, they, that can make a wound in your energy that conditions you for a long time. Like if you break up after entering into a relationship incorrectly. So for generators and man gens, it's so important to just be honest and be authentic and like, do I want this person period. There doesn't have to be a reason. There doesn't have to be like, you know, because they're a nice person and they check off my checklist. Like, do you want this person? If you want them, if your body is turned on by them, if your body is pulled towards them, um, with that sacral response, that is correct for you. And it's so important to honor that. Mm-hmm. I love how you phrase that. Do you want this person? Like desire is the most important thing and all of the other stuff is rationalizing and it's bullshit and it doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. do you want this person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see that so many yeah. times in relationships that like, don't like commit yet or don't, yeah. you know, dive in yet or whatever. It's like, no, all of that other stuff is bullshit in your mind. Rationalizing of like, I'm just not ready for a relationship or I'm just mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, the truth is you don't want this person. Right. Like, check in with your gut. Check yeah. in with your desire. Do you right. want them? Mm-hmm. No. Great. Don't tag them along for three months. Right. Great go seek someone else because there is somebody out there that you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And really just checking in with your body and just being confident and trusting yourself, listening to yourself, um, listening to your true desires. That's what attracts a partner. So um, again, like we were saying with manifestors, being confident and owning your process and Mm -hmm. trusting yourself is the way that you are going to find your person Mm -hmm. um, the fastest. So Mm -hmm. always check in and, and be radically honest and, and follow your desires and what you want, like primally, Mm -hmm. do you want this? Great. 
And with, <laughs> with generators, we were talking about um, like dating apps, which is really funny because I'm kind of like a little bit of an old lady since I've been in a relationship for so long. Like I never got to have any of the dating apps. <laughs> And I'm like, what the heck? Like maybe another lifetime. But for generators that, um, as far as responding, like we were talking about Bumble where you have to, wait, is it Bumble or the, is it? Yeah, the girl. I So I have used dating apps because I'm not so old. <laughs> Just kidding. Because <laughs> we're the same age. But um, yeah, Bumble is where the girl initiates first. So okay. It's so it's where you, same thing as Tinder, where you swipe left or swipe right or whatever, and then mm-hmm. you match. And then when you match, then you can reach out. The girl uh, can can reach out to them first, so you're not getting like any unsolicited dick pics or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually so with generators and dating apps in general, we get this a lot. You know, can do we have to wait no matter what for somebody to? reach out first. Can Bumble even work for me? I'm a generator. I'm a man gen. And the answer is yes, the apps can work for you. No, you don't have to wait. So you get initiated by your environment, by external things, by people like asking you something by um, a TV show, by a billboard. And you're like, Ooh, I want to go to Hawaii. Great. That's you being initiated. Now you can go call your friends and go plan a whole retreat in Hawaii and start putting it on your website and start advertising and do all the initiating things that you want because you are being, um, you are responding to something that you was presented to you in your environment. So with dating apps, Um, if a profile comes up on when you are on Bumble or on Tinder and your body feels like I want that person, um, great, reach out. You can initiate as much as you want. If your body is telling you, um, say it's not Bumble where you don't have to reach out because you're a girl, which is kind of stupid. But anyways, um, (laughs) then no, no, hate, no, hate. if you're on hinge, okay, let's say that you're on hinge and, um, and you feel like I want this person and I don't want to reach out. Great. That's your body telling you it's telling you that you want them. Awesome. You can initiate that will be energetically correct for you, but you also cannot. And that's also energetically correct for you. If it's truly what your body is telling you, your body feels like pulled in, like, Ooh, I want this person. So you match with them, but then your body feels pulled back and like retracted. Like, I don't want to reach out. Great. The more that you can honor your truth in moment to moment things, the better. And the other question is, well, okay, I'm a man generator generator, but I have emotional authority. Like, how does that work? And it, it works with you are trusting your body and your gut and your want and desires that we've been talking about this whole time in moment to moment, day to day things. But when it comes to big decisions, like, do I want to go have drinks with this person? Or do I want to start dating them? Um, Really giving yourself time to get neutral and then asking yourself that question. If it's something that's going to make you happy and brings a smile to your face and is expansive, that's a yes. If it's something that feels contractive um, or just feels like, well, I could, that's a no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for generators and manifesting generators to really be in that optimum, attractive, highest expression of your energy so that you really are in alignment to find a partner who's correct for you. Um, it really is all about trusting yourself. Um, really listening to yourself, letting go of conditioning, letting go of people pleasing, letting go of what other people want or expect from you and just following your body. There's no guilt. There's no shame. 
your truth is in your desires, your highest um, knowing, your highest spiritual alignment is in your desires. So you saying, do I want this person? It's not um, weird or like, you know, shameful. It's literally spiritual thing for a generator to say, do I want this person? Do I desire them? Because that's where your truth comes from. So -hmm. just really um, leaning into that and doing it with little things in your life. Like, do I want this sushi or do I not want this sushi? Like that is the thing that the more you listen to it, the more you trust yourself, the more you're just in your flow. I do what I want. I do what I love. I um, trust myself that's when you be are really in alignment to attract that mm-hmm. correct partner for you. And that's true even when you are in relationships as a generator as well or a man gen. Um being present, doing what you what your gut is telling you what you want to do, um and and being really honest and letting your body lead you with that is so so important and just kind of um because your aura as a generator is opening and enveloping and you can really give off that good, juicy energy to people, the best thing that you can do in a relationship as a generator is really following your life purpose, doing what you love, um, giving your gifts out there, doing things that you want to do because they make you happy. They light you up. You're excited about them. Um, you truly love them is going to, be the most loving thing that you can do for your partner. Um, so just kind of having that always in the back of your mind and in your essence that, okay, if I'm really wanting to give back to my partner and nourish our relationship, the best thing I can do is nourish myself. Um, do what I love, chase my dreams, chase my desires, follow my, my response moment to moment to moment and really honor that. And that's going to nurture my relationships the most because they're going to feed off of that energy that you're creating when you're in that alignment and it's going to help things flow in their life. And they're going to be really connected to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So next let's talk about projectors in relationships. So the most important thing, if you're a projector entering into a relationship correctly, which for you looks like first being recognized by your potential suitor and then formally inviting you to be a part of that relationship. So for projectors, um, you truly are waiting for the other person to make the first move. So whether you're a guy or whether you're a girl, you need to be recognized and then invited into the relationship. So um, once again, society's conditioning teaches us that this is right for women to like, you know, wait for the guy to make the first move. But what if you're a guy and you're a projector, then it's important for you to be recognized and then to be invited into that relationship. Mm -hmm. And the way that you would do that is again, by putting yourself out there to where people can recognize you. So um, whether that's you talking about what you're excited with when you're at drinks with friends, um, whether that's you having, um, a social media where you have pictures of yourself and you're talking about yourself. Um, again, it's not you going and giving advice to people and they're seeing, Oh wow, she's such a good advice giver. Cause that will be really repelling, <laughs> but it's more like you talking about what excites you, you diving into the things that you love, and then they can really recognize your essence and say, Ooh, I like her. I want her. And then they can invite you out or they can reach out to you on, um, on the dating app. Um, that looks like you, 
you building out a profile on Hinge that makes uh, really represents you. So it doesn't have to be that you have 5 billion paragraphs and like 40 pictures. It can be that your true essence is captured there, whether you're really funny. And so you just have like little one liners and two pictures or whatever that is for you. Just making sure that your essence is authentic Mm -hmm. on there can allow people to really recognize the true you and then invite you on a date or reach out to you. So it really has to be that recognition and then that invite first. And then here's a question we get a lot. What if there's two projectors in a relationship together? People always ask us that. Like, well, if I'm supposed to be invited and then they're supposed to be invited, then like, who's going to invite each other? And um, Shayna and I are two projectors. And so like when we started this business as like a partnership together, we really invited each other. And, Mm -hmm. um, that can be how it is, you know, as a projector, you can still invite people. You can still initiate a generator to make a sacral response. You can still, um, do a lot of things. You can do anything as a projector. It's really just about (laughs) your side of it being, um, invited by the other person. Yes. So it's actually great with two projectors because you're able to see into the other really clearly and you're able to recognize the other person and you Mm -hmm. both can recognize each other. And then if you have that love and that connection and, um, you want to do like move forward with this person, um, you, you can, if you energetically feel like you are invited to give your input with this person, which a lot of times that does happen with projectors. Um, great. And initiate text them first, whatever, just, you're really feeling the energy Mm-hmm. between you two and if they truly recognized you or not. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to a projector that's in a relationship and, you know, living out and sustaining a, a happy, peaceful relationship, um, really the key to that relationship for a projector is feeling appreciated in that relationship. So if you're in a relationship with a projector, really noticing the things that they do and, being supportive, being complimentary, really giving them the admiration that they deserve. That is something that really makes a projector feel um, happy in a relationship. And then when it comes to the projector themselves in the relationship, just knowing that with your partner specifically, um, you don't always have an invitation to give them advice. Um, only you can feel when energetically you do have an invitation and when en- energetically you don't. So it's really interesting. We, I think we talk about this a lot, but like with Shana and I as two projectors, just because of our friendship, we feel that we always have this open invitation with, with each other. Although like if I ever didn't have an invitation for something with you, I would feel it. I would know she doesn't want my advice on this thing because I can just feel that she's not open to it. But most of the time mm-hmm. we're wide open with each other. However, when it comes to like my personal romantic relationship, me being a projector, Jared being a man gen, I absolutely 100% do not always have an invitation to give him (laughs) advice on things. However, sometimes I do. And sometimes he'll either ask me or he'll energetically ask me for my advice. And I love it when he does that. And I help him and I give him advice and I'm so excited. But it's really important to know that um, that waiting for the invitation, it continues. And when you have an open invitation, then you do. And when you feel it retract, then it's retracted and it needs to be extended again. Mm -hmm. And just always really having trust within yourself that you can feel when you do have an invitation and when you don't. 
Yeah. And the, that's the tricky part because in a relationship, a lot of times you have the recognition there that you are somebody that probably does have insights or guidance or advice or tweaking how they're doing something, whatever, but the, the, the invitation's not there. Mm -hmm. Um, so just kind of always checking in that it is hard to do in relationships Mm -hmm. because you just want to pour out all the things, but to kind of just feel that energy. Every time that you say only you can, you say this a lot, actually, I notice you always start off a sentence like only you can. And then you say something. And I always in my head think you're going to say only you can prevent forest fires. Okay, really? (laughs) Yeah, every time. And it's actually true in this case, because (laughs) as a projector waiting for the invitation, only you can prevent forest fires in your relationship because that shit will light up if it's really repelling to your partner. So just like prevent that shit by waiting. (laughs) Oh my God, that is hilarious. Actually, I love Smokey the Bear because like growing up in Lake Tahoe with like the forest, there's always like the meter of like the forest danger, forest fire danger that day. Yeah, And it has Smokey the Bear on it and it's like a spinning little wheel. And like, I always just loved him. So I'll accept that and take that as a a compliment. Um, It is. (laughs) So with projectors um, being in your optimum state to attract a partner that is correct for you. It really is for a projector all about self-recognition. So we, it feels so good to be recognized by someone else. And obviously that's what you need in order to have a correct invitation, but it starts with you recognizing yourself, knowing what your special things are, feeling confident in your ability and really loving who you are as a projector, accepting who you are as a projector and knowing that you are special and that you love what your gifts are. That self-recognition of really spending time being like, I know that I love myself. I know who I am and I'm confident in who I am. That's the state that you are in when you're really in your highest optimum vibration. And that's really when you do attract love. Mm -hmm. And it can't be false confidence, right? It can't just be um, you tooting your own horn because it feels good Mm -hmm. um, because it does feel good as a projector to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. But it really needs to be, I know what I'm working on. I know how I'm growing. I know what I'm changing in my life. So that way my life is a reflection of my my inner life. Um, I know that I wait for the invitation and I know that I have all of these gifts to give out to people and I'm excited about those things. And I talk about them authentically. It's about really, um, seeing yourself and seeing the, the not self, seeing the conditioning in you and facing it and working on it. You don't have to be over all of your conditioning and all of your shadows and all of that stuff. You don't have to be over all of that to meet your person. It's just that you having that awareness and that confidence in, um, that self-recognition that you can, that you can have, that is what is attractive and will attract you the same type of person that is wanting to see themselves and wanting to work on themselves and wanting to support you in your journey of growth as well. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, our reflectors out there, um, entering into a relationship correctly for you really looks like not being rushed and really the more a reflector can fully, fully know and understand their version of inner knowing, 
their unique authority and strategy of waiting for the lunar cycle, being conditioned by the lunar transits, knowing what that feels like in them, knowing that they um, follow a different set of rules than everyone else and that they cannot be rushed. They cannot be pressured. They have to allow themselves to really move through that cycle in a way that they can really feel on an internal scale. When a reflector does that and is in absolute connection with that side of themselves, that is their version of authenticity. That is their version of really knowing themselves and being a differentiated human. So for a reflector, it's just so important that when they enter into that relationship, that they're not rushed, that they're not pressured, and that they're not just succumbing to the design of their partner. Because what can happen for a reflector in a relationship is that they are taking in their partner's, um, design so much and they're reflecting back their partner and their partner ends up falling in love with a reflection of themselves instead of the actual person that they're in love with, which is the reflector. So it's just really important for them to give themselves that space and to have that awareness from the beginning that they need more time than other people, that they can't be pressured and that that is their version of entering in correctly. Um, And then when it comes to um, like when a reflector is in a long-term relationship and making that relationship sustainable and happy for the long term. Um, once again, it's really about the reflector not being pressured by their partner's design and by their partner's authority and really having them be able to be nice and slow, take their time living on their own accord. And then their partner makes decisions in whatever way their authority is, because there can be this tendency for since the, their partner who has a different design is so much more um, quick at making decisions that they ended up just deciding everything for the reflector. They decide the way the reflector is going to eat. They decide the schedule of the reflector and the reflector really loses themselves in the other person's design. So just really having awareness that they do have their own design in that they need that space to be every single thing, every single design, every single quality. Um, and that they're not here to just be one quality all the time. They're not here to just be their partner's design all the time, but they do need to continue to hold that space for themselves to change and flow within that time. And if you are a single reflector, um, one of the best things that you can do to find your person is to actively choose healthy surroundings and healthy people to be around. Um, not like physically healthy, although that can be true too, but just environments that feel good to you, that feel right, that feel healthy to you. Um, and making sure that your home, that your friend group, that your the places that you're eating, the places that you are going after we're all out of quarantine <laughs> feel really good to you and really healthy. <laughs> um, so it's just really important to be when you are in healthy environments and around people that feel good to you, um, you will meet and attract other people that are correct for you and that feel good to you and that are healthy for you to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, So just kind of always having that awareness and knowing that it's so, so important that you actively choose your environment and your people. Mm -hmm. 
Um, okay, so that's all of the types. And then lastly, we just wanted to talk about really quick the five love languages. So this is not a part of human design, um, but it is something that we think is really fascinating and interesting. And it reflects this idea that every human is different and that every human has different needs. They have a different way of expressing themselves. They have a different way of learning. They have a different way of making decisions. And they have a different way of really receiving love and feeling like they're getting what they they feel is supportive from their partner. So we really wanted Mm -hmm. to just talk about the five love languages and kind of how they, the different types might be attracted to these different love languages. But this is really such an individualized thing. And everything that we've talked about, even if you are a manifester, there's still so many things in your chart that are way more specific that give you a lot of clues about relationships and about your navigating relationships. So even as like much as this has been, I think really interesting, we still always recommend getting a personal reading so that you can understand what other things in my chart are coming into play here and making me a different manifester than this manifester or me a different emotional projector than that emotional projector. Cause there really is so many nuances in a chart that makes someone absolutely unique. And of course, if you're going to have awareness of who you are, then you need to know those very unique, specific things. Mm -hmm. And I love the five love languages. Um, You can go online and take a free quiz too, to kind of find out what your love languages are. Um, But there are some that do go really well with the specific types. Um, And it's interesting because Brian and I were talking about the love languages with his family um, this weekend. And so, um, yeah, we were, so it's just, it's really, really funny. Um, but quality time. So there's, there's five love, love languages. There's quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and then gifts. And, um, quality time actually goes really well with, um, and all of these go well with any type I should say, but, Quality time does go really well with generators and man gens going out together, doing something together, spending time together. Um, and physical touch goes really well with people who have a tribal needs, emotional wave, um, or have even generators and, um, man gens that have specific channels and gates in their chart. If you have that intimacy, gate that Dana was talking about earlier, physical touch might be your love language, love language. Um, words of affirmation go really well with projectors and manifestors and acts of service go really well with non-energy types. So, um, the projectors or manifestors or reflectors, and then there's gifts, which honestly anyone could have (laughs) that as their (laughs) love language. So it is really interesting to kind of figure out what yours is. Brian Mm -hmm. did his for the first time this weekend Uh and, um, his is acts is quality service. I mean, quality time, Jesus Mm. quality time. (laughs) And then his second one was acts of service. And it just made so much sense to me because, Mine is words of affirmation, which Mm -hmm. is like across the board. That is mine Mm -hmm. all the way. And maybe that's because I'm a projector, but Mm -hmm. it just really is so important to me. And it was so funny this weekend because he said to me, like, 
okay, are you ready to do like, come on, beautiful bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on, let's go do this. You beautiful bitch. And I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like, wow. Like you're really getting me going with this. And, and he was like, what? I called you a bitch. And I was like, no, you called me beautiful. <laughs> and, and it really like, that's all I cl- cl- clung. Is that a word? It's all I clung <laughs> on to was that beautiful word. And he doesn't realize how his um, compliments and words of affirmation really do affect me because that's mm-hmm. not his love language. Right. And so really calling attention to that mm-hmm. um, and for him to hold space for that and kind of prioritize it is harder for him to do mm-hmm. because his is more quality time and we spend all our time together. So his love language is like the easiest thing for me to do for him. Right. Um, and he doesn't feel like something's missing. Whereas I need those compliments or um, those words. Like I remember every single time he's ever complimented me because yeah. it's that impactful for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, mine for sure is quality time, but then also acts of service. And I think it's because I'm a projector and a non-energy type doing something physically can be so taxing. Like it can take literally my one hour of three hours of work away from me. So just going to the DMV or just going to the grocery store, it can really change my whole day versus Jared has so much energy as a man, Jen, that him going and doing that errand for me, it took, you know, only 1% of his energy of the whole day, where for me, it took 30% of my energy. So for me, it makes me feel so loved and supported to have someone else do something for me and then free Mm. my energy up to be creative, to do the things I love. It really makes me feel like, him being on my team and doing something that supports me is like one of the best ways that I feel loved by him because that's the way that I feel supported. So it really is interesting with human design. It's so supportive to know someone's type and to do the things that to hold space for them and to support them. And that really is kind of like the love languages as well. Like how are you supporting Mm -hmm. this person and giving them love in a way that feels supportive for them and not just a way that feels supportive for you. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that the love languages is an easy way to kind of um, ease into mm-hmm. all of the nuances and the intensity of human design, yeah. um, especially with talking about it with other people. It can be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, just even hearing other people's love languages is really mm-hmm. fascinating with um, with Brian's parents, his mom's is acts of service like mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and, um, and his dad's is words of affirmations like mm-hmm. me. And so mm-hmm. it's interesting to kind of see, he will always say to her, like, you're so pretty or like, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Like you took care of everything. Like he will always say those, the words of affirmations to her because that's his love language. Mm-hmm. But to her, like, she doesn't care. She's like, right. okay, but are you going to help? Like, okay, but what did you do for this situation? Totally. And because, but then she doesn't say his love language back as much Mm -hmm. because her, she does all this acts of service for him because that's what she knows as her love language. Mm -hmm. So really kind of having that awareness of how we're so different Mm -hmm. and um, how your partner's needs might be different than yours. And Mm -hmm. so even though it feels super natural for you to do the acts of service or to say the words of affirmation because that's how you want what you want to really go, go the extra mile after you've gotten to know what you like, what you need with your human design to then, okay, what do they like? What do they need? How did they receive love? Um, and 
what is their design? What are the nuances of how they are different than me? And how can I hold space for that and support them in their needs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so special to just bring awareness to all of these things. Like I just feel so grateful for all of these modalities and all of these tools that can really help us because I mean, we grew up in the generation where over 50% of our parents got divorced after being married. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're so conditioned that like, at least I was in my social circle that like marriage doesn't work and that it's not sustainable to be with one person for your whole life. And we're coming into this new paradigm where we have awareness about how we work and how other people work and how we're all different. And we're able to shine light and consciousness on these dark shadows that were swept under the rug for centuries. And so I just feel really grateful that we're in this time that we're able to bring Mm. this awareness and this consciousness to all of our partnerships, to our business partnerships, to our friends, to from parent to child and from um, romantic partnerships. I just think it's like so special and so beautiful. And if you guys are listening and want more support on your specific design first, since that's always like the best place to start in all relationships is with yourself. You guys know where to book a reading with us. You can go to our website at daylunalife.com and you can book a live virtual reading with Shana and I there. And that is really where we recommend so that you really understand your design first, you know, like when the plane is going down and you're supposed to put your oxygen mask on first before you help another person, that's how (laughs) your design is supposed to be as well. So starting with that, and then also we can do, um, composite charts. So you can book a reading for you and your partner or for you and your kids and see where we're different, where we're conditioning each other, what type of, um, connections we have. Do we override each other? Are we doing opposites attract electromagnetic spark, or are we having that companion relationship where we're really the same? And what does that mean? And, um, So you can also book those on our website. And if you guys are not connected with us on Instagram, our Instagram is at dayluna. And we'll we'll continue the conversation over there with you guys. Um, I I think I want to do like a questionnaire to see what all of you guys listening, what your love languages are, because that's such a fun Mm. thing. Um, It's really interesting always to see how that plays out for people. So um, I hope everyone who's listening is doing well. And... Mm. Um, just kind of rolling with those polarities of the time right now and just really taking care of yourself and being patient and being kind. Um, We're always there for you guys. We're all connected. We're in this together. And we hope that this um, podcast today on relationships has been fun and informative and reach out to us if you guys have any more questions on our Instagram and hope you guys have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day.